As we enter into a discussion about tongues and its interpretation, Pastor Ed Taylor shares these thoughts. I just want you to know the Holy Spirit is not weird. So what did you do that for? Well, the Holy Spirit told me. Like, where did he tell you to do that exactly? Show me a scripture. Most often in the, ex- the hyper expressions of these giftings, no one can ever open the Bible and say, this is what it is. You, you take that, that one isolated event and go, well, where, show me any model, show me any precedent, show me anything. Well, I can't, it's just the Spirit. Well, with that mentality, I guess you can just do about anything you want, can't you? Well, I just want to do whatever. No, 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 there's decency and an order. And God is moving in the ministry. We want to be careful not to take attention away from Him. This is amazing grace. Some might be tempted to think we're opening a can of worms today on Abounding Grace as we enter into a talk about the gifts and manifestations of tongues and its interpretation. But really, we're just opening the Bible. Pastor Ed Taylor will help us arrive at a biblical understanding of these two manifestations that are often avoided, misunderstood, and even misused. Maybe you're a little confused yourself as you've seen or heard about some really weird things. Well, you have picked a good day to join us. Here's Ed first explaining what it is and is not. Speaking in tongues is then a spiritual language that is used to express praise, worship, thanks, and intercession to God. Speaking in tongues is a spiritual language that is used to express praise, worship, thanksgiving, and intercession to God. Think about language this way. Language is simply an agreement between us that certain sounds mean certain things. Those of you that know a couple different languages understand that when you're speaking English, you're going to use a variety of different sounds to communicate a truth. But then if you're going to speak Korean or you're going to speak Spanish or you're going to to speak uh, Italian or you're going to use a different set of sounds to convey the same exact truth. And the reason somebody can understand you is because they understand what the sounds mean. That's what language is. We could make up our own language if we wanted to. We could say that a certain sound, uh, you know, fuzzy, wuzzy, 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 means, hey, let's go over to Wendy's after service. And that's our little code. That's what kids do. They make little codes. And I look at you and fuzzy, wuzzy, wuzzy, wuzzy. And uh, you're like, wait a minute, I didn't hear the uzzy, wuzzy, uzzy, uzzy. So am I going to Wendy's or Starbucks? I don't get it. We can make an agreement. Our kids do it all the time. They make little agreements, and it's code words. And what they're doing is they're just saying, this sound means this. So when you hear it, it's the same with a trumpet has a language in the military. A certain sound means a certain thing. One sound of the trumpet says, get up. Another sound of the trumpet says, go to battle. Another sound of the trumpet means he missed the money. You know, you didn't get it right. Start over. What does that mean? Because if it's a mixed-up sound... You had already agreed that that one sound, you're trained that way. Listen for this sound. Because when you hear this sound, it means that. That's all language is. When you think of 
tongues is a language between you and God, then there is an agreement between you and God that the utterances are expressions of praise, worship, thanksgiving, and intercession. Tongues is the God-given ability to speak a language that you have not learned and don't really understand. That's the problem in this rational Western culture of ours, which we impose upon the Bible. Pull that off the Bible. In our rational Western culture, we don't do, we don't do very well with things we don't understand. That's a big part of biblical counseling in our offices constantly. I share a truth, I don't understand it. But it's the truth. I don't get it. It's the truth. The, you know, the, the yellow lines down the road mean don't cross them. I don't understand why. It, it just, just don't cross them. But I need to know why. Don't cross them. Okay, cross them and tell me what you think. Well, I don't know that I should. It's this constant explain it to me. I don't get it. Instead of just accepting the truth. That it's external of your understanding. That's our big problem. Think about any area of your life where you're lacking understanding right now and tell me how hesitant you are. And if you just understood, you'd be less hesitant. That's why so many people don't take steps of faith. Oh, I'd take a step of faith if you tell me what it's like in 20 years. No, God's not telling you anything about 20 years. Step right now. Well, I'd really love to take a step of faith, but what if I lose my job? Who cares? I care. You know, that's like that. I care, God. Yeah, but we're not even talking about your job. I know, but I need to understand. What about my kids? Will, be, will they be okay? What are we talking about your kids for? I'm telling you to step out in faith. Well, wait a minute. You know, where are we going to live? What are we going to do? And those are all normal questions. They're not bad. But I want you to see that in life, hesitancies come in your life and mine when we don't understand something. And we've learned many times before in the scriptures, God doesn't have to explain anything to you or me. Because he's explained everything in his love by Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. You can trust him. You can trust him when he hasn't explained something to you where sometimes the answer is, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on, but I really do know and understand that the Bible says you'll have full knowledge when you see him face to face. You will. You'll see it all. I can't help you. I, I don't know. I just know we just need to trust the Lord right now while we don't understand. And because the gift of tongues bypasses your understanding, many people just skip on it. You see, if the gift of tongues is exercised in the public area, which, by the way, should be very rare. You see that in 1 Corinthians 14. It's usually not understand by the listeners and requires an interpretation and is limited to just two or three in one public gathering. Have you ever been in a service where it's just all big old tongues fest over here, over here, and guys up here talking in tongues to all the worship leader and throwing a tongue over there, and you're throwing it over there, and you're throwing it over there, and, and it's all da 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 and, then, and then it, it, that, that is not what the Bible teaches. That's absolutely out of control. It's why the book of 1 Corinthians was written. The purpose of tongues is to edify the person exercising it, and it does a good job of that. It's not, it doesn't bring edification to the body unless it's translated. And even in that, there is a value that's placed higher on decency and order in the teaching of God's word than there is these utterances. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now. And I know some of you might need to get this study later and just kind of go through piece by piece, but I believe God has understanding for you. 1 Corinthians 12. The word tongues there is the Greek word glossa. G-L-O-S-S-A. 
Literally, it can refer to the physical tongue in your mouth, or it can refer to a manner of speech, or it can refer to an expression which in speech or manner is strange and obscure and needs an explanation. Here in chapter 12, it refers, Paul's using it in the third explanation. It refers to a strange and obscure expression in speech or manner that requires explanation. The manifestation of tongues bypasses your mind's limited linguistic abilities in expressing yourself to Jesus personally and powerfully and intimately. When someone is speaking in tongues, their mind is functioning. They're not out of control. So you might come up and go, hey, brother, you know, decently in order. The brother's trying to teach a Bible study. We're trying to pray and anoint that young, that, that young boy. We prayed for a kid uh, this weekend that was having seizures. We anointed him with oil. He came with his little faith. And his mom t- um, emailed me or fes- Facebooked me this week and says, you know, I just want to lay on my son. My son's seizures are gone, have gone away this week. And he's just praising God for it because the elders prayed for him at church. And so while we're praying for him and there's like a tongue fest over there. And I tell you, hey, 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 we're praying for somebody that's sick here. Blah, 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 blah. Whoa, all right, you know, stop and seek the Lord. You're drawing attention to yourself. You're bringing attention away from the reality that God is moving. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to interrupt himself. He is not going to create confusion, especially with the gathering, especially in a gathering like this, where we have come to be mutually edified. Tongues is not out of control in the spirit. Please don't allow anyone to cop an attitude that when they're doing something weird and they blame it on the Holy Spirit. I just want you to know the Holy Spirit is not weird. So what did you do that for? Well, the Holy Spirit told me. Like, where did he tell you to do that exactly? Show me a scripture. Most often in the the hyper expressions of these giftings, no one can ever open the Bible and say this is what it is. This just isn't. You, you take that, that one little, that one isolated event and you go, well, where, show me any model, show me any precedent, show me anything. Well, I can't, it's just the spirit. Well, with that mentality, I guess you can just do about anything you want, can't you? Well, I just want to do whatever. No, 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 no. There's decently, decency in an order. And God is moving in the ministry. We want to be careful not to take attention away from him. Tongues is not um, language where you can talk to one another. I've actually seen that on TV where there's a pastor talking to his worship, you know, da-da-da-da, well, da-da-da-da, da-da-da, and like, what's that all about? No interpretation or anything. And then they get to whip the crowd into a frenzy, and they all start that, that wild, out-of-control utterances, which is exactly what I think was happening in 1 Corinthians. That's why Paul wrote this letter. What are you guys doing? Where'd you pick that up from? You know where they picked that up from? The pagans. The pagans were into ecstatic utterances that meant absolutely nothing. No order, no decency. And so tongues is not a conversation language. Speech, when a person speaking tongues is directed by the Spirit toward God, not toward one another. You can read for yourself. We'll get there eventually, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. No, you know what? We're already there. Just turn over there real quick. Let's, let's look at it because I want you to get the balance of the definitions. If the gift and the manifestations of tongues is supernatural vocal miracle of praise and adoration toward God, then the interpretation of tongues is the ability to say, I heard what he said or she said, and there is a supernatural miracle of being able to understand what they said to tell everybody else. That's all what interpretation is. 
where you heard it, no one else understood it because between you and the Lord, but supernaturally God gave an interpretation and understanding and could understand it and be able to communicate it in English or whatever the common language is for everyone to understand what that praise was. In 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love, verse 1, desire spirituals, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. So you can dismiss anyone expressing tongues to one another because that's not from the Lord. It doesn't, you're not expressing, your, it's not an expression to men, it's an expression to God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. He who prophesies, though, the one that speaks forth the word of God, speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. It's beautiful. I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater, not in value, but in profit, greater in the profit of the congregation than he who speaks with tongues, unless there's an interpretation and the church might receive edification. And then he goes on, what shall I profit if I speak a word you don't understand it? We'll get to that in a study coming up. I want you to think of it this way. Have you ever been in a place in your time of worship, perhaps, personal, corporate, that the Lord is so ministering to you and the music is so penetrating and the words are so meaningful that you're just about ready to burst open, that you just don't, you're just like, it's over the edge. It's, it's like you get to that place where it culminated, your week all culminated, and, and there you are. You just go home, you put a CD on, your favorite CD, your favorite tape, your MP3, and you're just overwhelming, and you're, you're starting to say, God, you're so good, I thank you. And, and before you know it, you're like, in your mind, you're like, these words, I, I'm just repeating the same words. I don't have any more words to express my heart to you, Lord. I don't have anything more to say than just thank you. I don't have anything more to say than how good you are. And you just run out of words. You don't have anything else to say. That's where God comes in. And he's able to inspire in you beyond the English language. Isn't English so limited? Other languages have, you know, like the Greek has so many words just for love. We have one word, love. And it describes all sorts of things. I love Marie, my wife. I love yogurt land. <laughs> it's not the same love, I'll tell you that. In the Greek, you can use a different word to describe a, an appreciation of food and a self-sacrificial love for your spouse or a friend or a family member. You get to that place where words no longer seem... You, 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 have, you have those wonderful words of expression, but inwardly your praise goes beyond the ability of human language. Some, at that point, not everyone, but some start to experience the manifestation of tongues to help them go deeper in their expression of worship. You might even hear it here. It's not very loud. They're not screaming, but you might be sitting next to someone that in their own heart, they began to, they began to cry out to God during worship in a tongue. And they're not, trying to, they're not screaming it. They're not trying to get any attention. They're just so overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord that you might look at it and go, what's going on there? Oh, well, now you know. Now you know there's an expression that's much deeper than the English that you have. And it's almost like you're like, wow, Lord, I want to go deeper. I want to go beyond my rational mind, especially those of you that are thinkers. I'm a lot like you. I think a lot. But then when you think a lot, you limit everything by your thinking. And then if you don't know something, then you don't venture out because you don't think about it. You don't understand it. You want it all explained to you. And that interrupts worship. 
God may have a word for you just in the songs. And you might be caught up, well, you know, I don't like that song. What, what, what? I didn't know that, like, God had to get your permission on what songs to express in the congregation. But that's how you're acting. What do you mean you don't like that song? Then just begin to, just to begin to draw near to the Lord. Begin to find yourself in his presence. I'm not saying you have to like every song, but I am saying be careful how you're dialoguing with God. How many times do you get to come together with other believers and sing unto the Lord? And the only time you come together sing unto the Lord, you're kind of upset about everything. How's that working for you? It's not really helpful, is it? It's like bumming you out. And then you get really bummed out. And you go, and, and this heartfelt expression, you need to be open. Not everyone, but some of you may experience that manifestation of tongues. Not everybody speaks in tongues. We've already seen that. I want you to understand something before we wind up tonight. I want you to understand something about the character and the nature of God. God isn't in the, his motives isn't to embarrass you or to make you feel dumb about something or like the spotlight's on you and I wonder what people are, that, that's not what God's into. I know other churches, I know some in our own community, breaks my heart, but if you go to their worship, they're probably going to identify you as a new person. They're probably going to ask you if you speak in tongues. And if you don't, you're coming right up here to the people that are going to teach you how to speak in tongues. And by golly, you're going to speak in tongues before you leave this place. Or you're going to leave so condemned because you didn't. That is not the heart of God. That's not how he treats his kids. Some people might treat his kids that way, but that's not the heart of God. Where they might even begin, they have classes in some churches. Here's how you speak in tongues. And they give you a list of all the, just start saying, making noise with your mouth. That, that's not what the Bible teaches. Just, just kind of make it up as you go and maybe God will catch up with you. It's the other way around. It's the expression of the Spirit coming upon you, not you pulling down the Spirit from God. You don't take a class on how to speak in tongues. You know, you don't let someone come up and say, this is, I, I, got, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. Just stand right here. And then they kick you in the knee. And you go, oh, my knee. And then right then, you kick you in the shin. Oh, my knee, oh, my shin. Oh, my knee, oh, my shin. Don't, don't let anybody do that to you. That's not speaking in tongues. <laughs> we laugh. It's dumb. It's silly. And it's happening in the body of Christ. Oh, it may not be that dumb. But to hand you a piece of paper and say, go ahead and start saying these noises, that's not the heart of God. To tell you that unless you do this, you're not saved, not the heart of God. For you to stand there and feel condemned because you're like, I'm not feeling it, man. I'm not feeling it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is weird. I don't see it in the scripture. Explain it to me in the scriptures. No. And it usually is manifested in that environment. Then, the, then they add another thing. It's a, well, if you're not going to speak in tongues, then we're going to slay you in the spirit. And you're like, I don't want to be slain in the spirit. Because the only time I read the Bible of anybody getting slain, Ananias and Sapphira didn't get up. <laughs> and so they start to get you to sway and move. And, and then you might feel a little pressure on your forehead. And then there's guys, I don't know where they came from, but they're right there to catch you. They're right, there's the slaying in the spirit. And then there's the guys to catch the slain in the spirit. And they just seem to always be there. It's all made up. All of it. And that's why people don't want anything to do with the Spirit of God. That's why there's whole swings of the church that have swung the pendulum all the way to the other side. And we don't want anything to do with that. Now, if it's not a true manifestation of the Spirit, I'll tell you what, I don't want anything to do with it either. But I'm not going to abandon the Word of God. 
You get in the habit of abandoning the word of God, you're going to abandon it in other areas too. Other areas aren't going to be so important to you. You sit here today and go, what? I don't, I don't, really, I don't think I've ever experienced a manifestation of this gift of tongues. Fine. Nothing wrong with that. Not everybody has that gifting. Not everybody has that manifestation. That's okay. Maybe God's using you in a different way. We're going to learn in 1 Corinthians 13, it doesn't even matter if you have this tongues of angels. If you don't have love, what good is it? You give your whole, everything that you ever have to the poor and you don't have love, so what? The more excellent way is love. And that's what must be manifest in all our lives. Jesus said there are going to be people among us and the way that we're going to, they're going to know that we are his disciples is by love. You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Request a CD copy when you give us a call at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or go online to calvaryaurora.org. Again, we're at calvaryaurora.org. And Ed, as you alluded to, there is great controversy and confusion surrounding these manifestations of tongues and its interpretation. Why do you think that is? Larry, I think that the key element when it comes to the manifestations of tongues and the interpretations of tongues is simply fear. It's a fear of, you know, something might be crazy. It's a fear of, of not exercising the gift properly. It's a fear of, of exercising the gift and maybe somebody saying something or thinking something. And what, what's happened is, is there's so many examples of this, these giftings being misused, especially on Christian so-called TV, where you've got pastors yelling, screaming, talking to each other in tongues, when that is not a true manifestation of the gift, according to the scriptures. We have to let the Bible speak to us. And one thing the Bible tells us is that those gifts did not go away with the, in the completion of the Bible. They did not go away. Uh, there's only really one place in the Bible that could possibly hint at that, only one place, and that hint is not at all speaking about the Bible, but the second return of Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 13. So I think fear, fear of exercising, fear of making a mistake, uh, fear of being made fun of, fear of uh, speaking in a spiritual language where it bypasses the rationality of your mind, especially in our Western culture, and you know, we have these afterglow services where we encourage in a believer's meeting the exercise of all the gifts. And of all the three plus years that we've been having regular gatherings Sunday nights, uh, we have not had a weird one yet. Um, there's certainly some interesting things, but uh, not weird, um, but, but different. It's different than the Sunday morning service where we're teaching the Bible. It's, it's now where we give room for the Holy Spirit to minister to us through these giftings and let his presence be made known and manifest himself to us. So I'm just going to pray right now that the Lord would get you over the fear. And if you want information on an afterglow, go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, or to the app and just put in afterglow in the search bar. And I taught a Bible study on it. You'll see what the Bible has to say. So Father, I pray for those that are wrestling with exercising gifts and just releasing themselves to a biblical uh, God who obviously he wrote the Bible. You wrote the Bible for us and you want us to walk in the spirit and to exercise gifts. Not everyone has this gift and, and not everyone's given the gift of tongues or the interpretation of tongues, but for those who have, it's a sweet, beautiful 
way to praise you, God, in times where we're unable to come up with the word. So I just pray for those that would step out uh, in the Spirit by faith to open themselves up to a sweet manifestation of the Spirit uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Here in the month of October, we've picked out an excellent book written by Gene Edwards called A Tale of Three Kings. This bestseller features the stories of three kings, David, Saul, and Absalom. We've all been hurt by the words or actions of another, even by Christians. And it's at such times we can be left confused, angry, even bitter. Allow the Lord to bring hope and healing into your life as you read A Tale of Three Kings, a study in brokenness. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And please remember, it's through your financial support that we're able to come to you day by day on this station. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryaurora.org. Whether you realize it or not, you are very important to the church. That's the emphasis of our next study with Pastor Ed Taylor here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora, Colorado.